0: Indian and Cowboy, indigenous, independent, and listener-supported, rooted firmly at the intersection between digital media, podcasting, and indigenous storytelling. Space Theater presents, presents, presents. And welcome to a very special edition of Opem Sibiskwewak, Kitsikitsikok, Métis in Space. Space, 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 space. I am your temporary host of this particular edition of Métis in Space. Uh, my name is Tara McGowan-Ross. I am an urban Mi'kmaq. Writer and multidisciplinary artist. I'm based in Jojage, Montreal, um, and I'm just delighted to be here and talking to you all today. This is only my second ever podcast appearance. Um, it's pretty cool uh, as a concept that I can just sit here in front of my microphone in my living room um, and just have a little have a little chat. And it's a it's a thing. And the idea that my chat's going to get to your ears is sort of boggling my mind a little bit. So yeah. Um, today, what I, um, decided to watch for y'all was, um, a, uh, watch for you is so such an interesting phrase. Like just, I'm like, like I'm like doing a, a, doing a public service by watching it for you almost so you don't have to, but I really, I mean, like, I think you should watch this movie. I think it was actually kind of a fun film, but I watched Jojo Rabbit. Um, Jojo Rabbit is a film that was written, uh, and directed And produced and is starring Taika Waititi, who's a um, big Hollywood producer now, but is also a comedian known for um, his work in What We Do in the Shadows uh, and other stuff. I guess he directed one of the big Marvel movies recently, I think. He's from New Zealand and he's Polynesian, so he's he's Maori and Jewish. So I stan an indigenous director all day long, so I figured I would watch this for that reason. I'm not super familiar with his marvel work um my partner's really into marvel but i never managed to catch up on it i tried to get really into marvel for a little bit and then i um it started to feel like homework uh, because like it's i think the exact same reason that i gave up on marvel comics for a while like i i'm not committed enough like i like one-off i love like comics and graphic novels as a medium but I'm interested in graphic novels I think because I like one-off ones that I can just read from beginning to end and then I get it you know like um I'm too lazy to get really involved in the whole culture you know so um so I think my partner knows more information about uh Taika Waititi's um involvement in Marvel than I do but I mostly know him from what we do in the shadows which I think is a very 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 funny um, film. I haven't seen the TV show. Apparently there's a TV show of it now. I haven't seen it. I just saw the movie um, and thought it was brilliant. It's a sort of mockumentary about vampires, um, which is not what Jojo Rabbit is. Jojo Rabbit is a completely different thing. It is a comedy drama um, taking place uh, sort of at the end of World War II. So I'll give you a little summary. Um, my my drank for this evening is... Um, A uh it's a it's a bit of sparkling water with some orange juice and a little bit of um of willow tree essence in it. I don't really drink alcohol anymore, but um really enjoying like bitters and essences inside of um some sparkling water as like a little kickback drink. Um so yeah, that's what I'm drinking. And uh if I if I have to pause and move around at any point, it's probably because with me as always is my um uh, my sidekick, who is a 95 pound pit bull mix named Goose, um, and he's uh, we have a great relationship because he's just as needy and codependent as I am. Uh, but as a result, sometimes I have to like stop what I'm doing to attend to his requests. Um, but anyway, so basically, so Jojo Rabbit, I'll give you a quick summary first. Okay, so the whole film takes place close to basically the end of World War Two. So um, it, we're in Germany um, we're in Nazi Germany um, and uh, it's not looking good very specifically it's not looking good for the Nazis I feel like that's an important distinction to make it's looking great if you don't like Nazis but yeah not looking good for the Nazis though but you wouldn't really know that if you're asking the protagonist of the film who is a young boy um, who's 10 years old and he's a member of the the he's a member of the Hitler youth um, and he's he's a complete political fanatic. He's a far right political fanatic. So he's um he he buys the complete ideology of um of Nazism hook line and sinker. He completely believes it. And um I think it's an interesting choice to make the protagonist a child um uh because, you know, I am someone who um I'm sort of working through I'm I so I'm I'm a, I'm like a far leftist, right? Like I'm like a, I'm like a socialist and an anarchist, like in my, in my soul and in my core. Um, I have a really hard time with, um, sort of like sympathetic portrayals, even remotely sympathetic portrayals of Nazis. Like I have a, I have a very difficult time with that. Um, even though in sort of my, my, my ethics that are sort of underneath my politics, like ethics that I think I've absorbed from, from like my family and my history and my culture and my lineage and stuff like that, there is a lot of. Information in there about like really ha- like needing to acknowledge the like fundamental interrelation of all people and like leaving space for 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 growth and and development and like and like really really thinking that we're you know all a part of you know of of, the, of, of creation etc cetera, etc. Cetera. I have a really hard time <laughs> with that though when it, we're talking about freaking Nazis. So I think it's a um, it's an interesting stylistic choice that they went for a uh, that the, the, the protagonist is a little kid. I think it's clearly intentional um because so jojo's 10 um and this is so it's the end of it's the, the end of the war um which means that like the nazis have been in power for like you know his whole life you know like it's like they're, they're like nazism and far-right ideology has uh, there's never been a point in his life when that has not been a thing um so of course he's completely indoctrinated you know um i feel like there's a um sort of a weird turn and and uh, I think a lot of media criticism towards um, like it's not like we can't be critical of people who have done bad things in the past. Like, I totally think we can and we should. But like, there's a there's sort of a difference between that and completely removing them from their historical context whatsoever. So um, so Jojo is like he's he believes. All of the bad things that like Nazis believe you know he's like an unrepentant racist he's um he's he is he doesn't like disabled people he you know he thinks all sorts of really horrible really explicitly terrible things about Jewish people that come up a lot in the in the film um but he's also a little kid, so he's like and there's like there's this sense of um of innocence that sort of like runs through i think the whole thing um and this understanding that like he's uh you know he like all of us is sort of a victim of circumstances like the things that he thinks and believes and feels um are almost an accident they're a result of of like where he uh where he has been born and where he has grown up um and uh, and he's he's not really old enough to make informed decisions about what he thinks and believes and feels you know um because he's a child he's like literally a little kid so um i think that's something that i thought Pretty much right off the bat, I think probably immediate, like also because like I've worked with children for like I worked with children for probably like 15 years and I I really like kids. I think kids are great. And I think that like even when kids are really challenging, um, it's really important to think about kids as like pretty much always being innocent and like um and like they, you know, like never, ever, ever judging a child by the same metric we would judge an adult because they're they're of course they're immature like of course they don't make any sense like of course they're making strange decisions they're literally children um so uh and and you know like and the and the, the actor who plays jojo is so cute he's just this extremely cute little british boy um and uh so even when he's saying really terrible things there's almost this sense of it seeming funny because it's just like you know like uh i think there's a um what's his name uh, the guy, who the guy who the showrunner of Atlanta and uh, Charles Gambino, what is his name? Donald Glover. Donald Glover has like a bit in his stand up about how like there's something about racism that's funny when it's tiny, um, which is such a bleak joke. But it's also I I find i find myself very affected by that as a truth. Um, it's uh, it's it's sort of hilarious when racism is small. But anyway, so um, yeah, so so Jojo lives with his single mother. Uh, whose name is Rosie and um they uh there's like there's sort of the, the echoes of his like family life as it existed kind of before the war is sort of, are sort of still around his house there's um uh his father is gone um and uh as far as Jojo is like, understands and is concerned he's off fighting for the nazis you know he's off fighting for the the nazi war effort um and um that understanding kind of unravels as the um, film progresses and then there's also um, uh, we get uh, we, we like we're, we're told and we get the impression that like um, we are told explicitly that he had a sister named Inga and Inga died um, relatively recently and she was older than him and um, uh, like so like a teenager of, uh, of like of some description I think she's supposed to be about 17 Um So, uh, and she's died and they kind of never get into it, but I think it's it's relatively recent and, uh, because it, it comes up later that sort of nobody knows, uh, about it yet. So, um, yeah, by the way, spoilers are bound in this. So if you have not seen Jojo Rabbit yet, I would recommend maybe pausing this and going and watching it or like, I don't know, I'm the kind of person who can still enjoy a film even if things get spoiled for me. Um, usually, um, and, uh, I recently discovered a hack where if I, um... I I really can't watch horror movies. I get really scared of horror movies. <laughs> like I like they just they scare me. They're scary. They're too scary. That's like it's not my idea of a good time to be scared. Um, so I I don't usually watch them. Um, but I recently was able to sit through Midsummer very specifically because I, I read I know I knew exactly what was going to happen. Like I, I spoiled the whole thing for myself by reading the Wikipedia page first, and then I followed along. To the plot of the film with a wikipedia page so that i knew when to hide my face uh, because i don't like depictions of gore and violence i just don't uh it just i never got desensitized to it It doesn't make me there's never like there's never a point where i was just like i don't i recognize that it's not real and i don't care like i still recognize that it's not real but i still don't want to look at it like i'm kind of like if it looks the same as somebody actually dying uh, what is like what is the difference really? Like I, I like of course I understand that ontologically it's not, you know, it's not the same it's not a depiction of somebody dying actually. But if it looks exactly the same, what's really the difference? Like I don't really want to it's not my idea of a good time to like watch somebody die. So um so I don't end up watching horror movies much of the time and even if I do I cover my eyes for the the the, the bits if people are like if like extreme violence or gore is depicted like on Screen. I usually don't like to look at it, um, so I can now sit through them if I can cover my eyes and watch it on a small screen and f- literally read the Wikipedia page simultaneously. Um, so anyway, uh, Rosie is like you can. It's it's clear that in like the relationship between Jojo and Rosie that like Jojo's not like someone who's been raised to be like a racist. You know, he's been influenced by his culture to be to like hold all of these like really messed up views about like racial essentialism and stuff. Um because Rosie's really against it. Like she's like she's uh she's not overtly um anti-Nazi. Like, you know, she she'll she'll do the hiles and she'll say everything and she'll like do the salutes and everything when she's out in the world. Um because you had to, you know, like at like under this regime there was sort of no way of avoiding doing that. Um, but she's like, um, but in sort of privately between her and Jojo, she, she celebrates, um, allied victories that she hears about. Um, and she overtly mourns, um, you know, members of the resistance who are, uh, the the German national resistance who are, you know, executed in the town square and like, uh, and she, she does not express, uh, any overt hatred for, um, you know for for the the myriad of like of like identity categories that um, the Germans decided were not uh, that were not the right ones at the time or the Nazis, I should make a distinction between Germans and Nazis. Um, but uh, and Jojo hates this. like they have like very clear political, strife so this is like his only family member that he has left um his father's gone his sister's dead and uh and his his country is at war and his relationship with his mother who he clearly loves and who loves him um is very very strange because he thinks that she you know he just doesn't understand why she has no pride in her like her physical identity and her culture and her history um which is how he's internalizing all of um all of her, her, like, her very clear resistance to Nazi ideology. Um, he, he's just like, I don't, you, you, you know, you, you, you're like, you're sympathetic to all of these dangerous ideas and like, you, you don't seem to care that people are disseminating them and like, um, and you, you actively want your country to lose this war. Like what's wrong with you? And, um, and she's just kind of doing this very motherly thing of just like, kind of, you'll understand when you're older and like, um, uh, even when jojo's like very explicitly cruel to her like he's like very very mean um and uh i don't know how many people are familiar with children around the like 10 year old age but it's like you know they're still totally kids but they also have like whole entire ideas that are entirely theirs and it's like it can be the point where you start wondering like who is this person you know like i don't recognize this for per- this person um and uh and she's she's clearly trying really 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 hard um, to like, it's like she doesn't. She doesn't. You, you get the sense she doesn't have to try hard to love Jojo. She loves Jojo to bits. She doesn't care that he's like, um, like, like the fact that he he's he's, you know, ascribes to all these extremely hateful ideologies. Obviously, really hurts her, but it doesn't make her love him any less. Um, what she struggles with is uh, is how mean he is as a result, like his his behavior, his like really cruel behavior as a result of all of these really cruel mean things that he thinks so um yeah so uh the um basically yeah so like jojo goes off to this training camp as a part of the hitler youth and he mishandles a grenade and he ends up disabling himself basically um in i don't even want to call it an accident he did accident he does it on purpose but he um he makes a mistake basically and hurts himself and he ends up disabled And um, so he's physically disfigured in the face and then he's also broken his ankle. So he can never be a member of the German army, which is his dream. He's always wanted to be a member of the German army. So his dream is dashed. Um, Plus he's 10, he's a kid and he's like, and he's suddenly and violently disabled. So he's clearly upset about that. And also like within this ideology that he ascribes to, disabled people are not okay. You know, like they're not like, they're, they're not just it's it like he, you know, like Nazis hated disabled people. <laughs> like it was like really, really, really hard to be a person with a disability in Nazi Germany if you survived at all. You know, like there was like it was like um, it was a really horrible time and place for um, for people with disabilities. So um, suddenly finding himself uh, like literally a part of one identity category that he has been trained to um, either actively hate or just pity or think is like not a a member of a productive, um, and like strong Germany, you know, um, he's like convalescing and he's clearly like pretty depressed and sad. And this like depression and sadness is like compounded by he slowly spending so much time at home. He slowly, um, realizes that not only is his mother, anti-nazi you know like like in like that she doesn't agree with what they're doing politically she's actively organizing against them as a member of the nazi resistance as the anti-nazi resistance i mean like the german national anti-nazi resistance and um and she's uh she's hiding a young jewish woman in her in the wall of his dead sister's bedroom um and Hilarity ensues. And also, I think that I yeah also very famously and sort of like the thing that I heard about this film sort of before I heard anything else about it was that um, he's accompanied throughout all of his adventures by his imaginary friend and his imaginary friend is this hyper idealized version of Hitler, of like Adolf Hitler, who is played by Taika Waititi um, in a uh, really hilarious uh almost like white face to picture. Cause like, there's this really funny scene where at one point he like leans over Jojo's shoulder and they're like looking at themselves in the mirror. And, um, it's, you know, like, like, uh, like Teiga has these, like has these, uh, these blue contacts in that are so obviously fake. Um, and, uh, I don't know if other people with dark eyes have ever experimented with colored contacts. I had a pair of purple contacts. I really liked for a bit when I was a teenager. Cause I was a goth kid and I was just thought it was really cool with my, like, with my, like, emo hair and my like black eyeliner and my purple contacts. Um, but they looked really, really fake. They were very pale purple. Um, so I'm sure if I wanted a pair of contacts that were like violet that, or whatever that like looked even remotely real, I would have to, they would have to be quite dark. Cause like, um, cause the, the really pale colors, uh, just looked so obviously not like, not real on my, in my eyes. So, uh, um, but he's, he's like, <laughs> but, but he's just, he's just done up like a, um, like, like Hitler who was like, obviously not like Hitler had clearly just so much internalized self hate, you know, like, um, cause, cause like his, his German ideal was like, d- didn't look anything like what Hitler looked like at all. Um, so it's, uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's just this approximation of of he's just like and Hitler drag basically. And he's, and, um, but like, but this, this Hitler character is not Hitler. You know, it's, it's a, it, he's a personification of, um, Jojo's like ideology. Right. So he's like, he's this super, he's super idealized. He's super positive. He's all of the good things, the imagined good things about Nazism. Um, and none of the bad things. Cause it's not based in reality at all. It's based on a 10 year old boy's misunderstanding of, um, of this really destructive ideology. Um, and then also like Jojo's father has been gone. So he's like, and he obviously, clearly misses his dad. So he's like, he, like the, this, like this um, Hitler character has become that he's invented. It's, it's a, it's a, it's an extension of himself. It's an imaginary friend. Um, this Hitler character has sort of become a stand in for his own father. So, uh, so the, and this Hitler character starts very kind and even like, you know, like silly and like playful and loving, um, in a way that is like, um, to the audience, it like, there's this, we, we have access to this kind of, um, dramatic irony where we can, we know, um, as people who have access to history that like Hitler was a bad guy and was not very nice. And like, you know, was just like, was difficult to deal with. And like, you know, like even by people who, um, politically agreed with him or whatever. And, uh, and that like that this this Hitler character has it bears no not even a slight passing resemblance to like what Hitler was actually like. Um and we we are aware of the fact that like that Jojo is a lonely boy who is like inventing um who is becoming very, very, very involved in political extremism because he's so lonely and um and has been raised in this environment that's like really normalized uh hatred. And um and that, like, so we, we just we we know that this um, this Hitler character is bad, um, or that, that that Hitler is actually bad, and that there so there's this dissonance between like the character that we see, which is like Taika Waititi really hamming it up and being a very um, very talented comedic actor, and uh, and our understanding of, of Hitler in the past, and I think I think it's really effective, and um, but it is also like um, part of why the film uh, the first things that I saw about the movie were um, were. Negative criticism, you know, like we're like we're issues with that depiction. Um, because I tend to hang out on parts of the internet, um, where haters like to hang out, you know, like <laughs> Twitter, etc. Um, so, uh, I think that there's like, but like, so some of the criticism that I saw was just kind of like any depiction of a Nazi as even remotely sympathetic or funny or like joyful or whatever, even if it is ironic, um, is irresponsible given our current political climate, which I don't think I really agree with. Cause I think that first of all, I kind of think that like, I'm not in the, you can't make jokes about certain things camp. Like, um, I think that certain jokes about very, very, very intense subjects are successful and other ones are not. Um, but I think that as like, that like humor is a way of not only, um, coping with great tragedy and, um, making sense out of great tragedy and, uh, and like finding moments of joy in, um, really difficult times. Um, uh, I also think it's like a very effective political tool. Um, I think stuff like satire and, um, and comedy can be like, uh, I like think that's why specifically, like I, I really do ascribe to like punching down versus punching up, um, political like 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 humor ethics theory you know where like the reason why humor like why like making someone who is already marginalized the subject of a joke is bad is because you are like kind of compounding their marginalization um by also making it absurd um in a like if if the if the 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 point of the joke is like I is like, haha, I find your suffering hilarious, you know? Um, but if the point of the, if, if like, if the point of the joke is like, isn't it so absurd that you have to suffer in this way, this horrible way, I think that that is actually like less bad. Um, and I think that like, um, I have a philosophical background in my undergraduate degree. Um, I only got the one degree, but like I, um, but I really, really enjoyed my philosophy degree. Um, I definitely made me mad all the time, but I also feel like I learned a lot that was really effective. And there was one that was like one tenet of argument that I learned was like the, the argument from absurdity. So basically if like, like, like a, um, a, a really effective tactic when you're, um, when you're opposing a, a concept is to make it silly. You know, like if you make it silly, it really, um, it does not necessarily defang it or take away its power completely, you know, but like, cause like, obviously as like Charlie Chaplin was um, acting in the great dictator, et cetera, like, you know, like the Hitler still was very much in power and had great military might, etc. cetera. Um, but, uh, but a, a, an opponent um, politically or uh, ideologically or whatever, who s- feels too, too scary or too perfect to um, make fun of, is I think a, a genuinely a scarier one and one that's harder to topple than one who, where you can see what's absurd about them. Um, and uh, I think that's why it's like, if that's, I think that's why if we take ourselves um, as people extremely seriously, when someone makes fun of us, it like, you know, it, it does genuinely hurt our ego a little bit. It knocks us off our pedestal slightly. Um, but I, I, which is why I think it's, it's so like one of the healthiest things you can do as a human being is to like, develop a really robust sense of humor and like the ability to laugh at yourself, because if you can't see what's funny about your own condition, you're all someone has to do is make a good joke and you're undone, you know? Um, so, uh, so I, I don't know if I, I think it's very tempting for me right now to like make a, um, sweeping generalization about whether or not Jojo Rabbit was a good movie, um, or a bad movie, um, based on whether or not, um, it was like effective and, or good at making, jokes about a very serious subject um but I think that it's actually more complicated than that and also I think that I like I feel like that would just be a very short discussion because like I like I'm so firmly in the camp of like um I do think that it's possible to make jokes about almost anything but that doesn't mean that all jokes about everything are good jokes or effective jokes or like worth saying, or a nice thing to say, um, or helpful or whatever. Um, and like, for me, I know that like my, like my primary coping mechanism for anything ever has always been humor. A world where I can't make jokes about stuff, where I can't engage in what's scary about the world in a humor, in like with humor is not one that I'm going to live in. You know, like I just, I'm not going to, I'm not, I just, it's not that I I will not feel like it's worth living there or like I will struggle living there. I won't like, I just, I will, uh, I'll like, I'll move to, I'll move to the middle of the woods and build a cabin and sit there laughing for like the the rest of my days, you know, like I, like I, I won't live somewhere where I can't be funny. Um, so, uh, so I, I feel like that it's very easy for me to like, kind of chuck that out the window. Um, and I do think that there's like, there's, there are complex things to be said about where Jojo Rabbit is effective in its humor and where it, I don't, where I, I think it's less effective. Um, but, uh, but I, I would like to sort of, before I get into that, talk more about the ways in which I thought it was successful. And like one of the things that I saw were, were like that, like, like, you know, uh, Elsa's Jewishness didn't really have a, um, Elsa's the name of the, of the, um, the girl who was hidden in the wall, by the way, um that her Jewishness didn't really have much content. And I kind of feel like I'm like, "Eh, I'm like, my understanding is that like, I mean, like, you know, like some Jewish people, especially at the time, um, in some like Jewish cultures, cultures, it was like really like not considered, um, super cool to like, let just anybody know details about your, um, your cultural practice, etc. Um, and like like it's my very limited understanding of it um from a non jewish perspective, and also, I feel like there was very much a point trying to be made in maybe a ham fisted way about the um the sort of essential sameness of most people you know like like that like like almost like everybody is if if you're human is like um largely the same um and like uh and i think that not only is that not only is that a point that i actually do agree with and i don't think is like antithetical or stands against um recognizing and celebrating diversity um i actually think it's like it's like a, it's sort of the best argument against um racial essentialist fundamentalism um like like nazism um in the ways that it can be really 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 destructive is that like is like understanding that like race is as a, as a as a biological category is is has no does not have any basis in reality at all. You know, it's not a real thing. Um, It like race is a biological fiction that has material implications. You know, it's like, it's like clearly it it, it very obviously and like affect, you know, affects people's lives in a really, really, really serious way, but it's made up, you know, it's like, it's like um, there like, so there's a scene early where like Yorkie who is like, um, uh, who is Jojo's other like Hitler youth friend. um, And, Jojo are making like a, are making like a little, they're, they're talking at the, at the camp where Jojo ends up getting injured and he's like, like, they're like, well, what would you do if you met a Jew? And you was like, well, I'd kill him on sight. You know, would be like, I, like, I, was just, they're just spouting all this indoctrinated stuff. And his friend Yorkie is like, well, wouldn't you, um, how would you be able to tell, you know, they say they can look just like us, um, and sound just like us and act just like us, you know, um, and I, I really feel like that's the, that's the point that's trying to be like, that's being made where it's like, um, clearly there are like very important, beautiful, wonderful, fantastic differences between people and, uh, um, and like, and, and different cultures and groups of people and stuff, um, and be- becoming tolerant and, you know, of those, of those differences and celebrating that diversity is like, uh, is like, I really think the only way that we're ever going to, <laughs> we're ever going to achieve anything like peace on earth. Um, but, uh. But like, but but like, but also fundamentally, there's like we like this the requirement of understanding that like like what Jojo, Jojo's narrative arc with Elsa is recognizing how human she is. Like he's not expecting her to be. He's he all he can see is ways in which she's like him, um, and uh, like and he he goes and expecting her to be so different, and he just finds ways that they're the same, um, and. Uh, and I, like, I think that an argument can maybe be made instead for that being, um, that being sort of a, uh, a tired narrative arc, you know, like, that's, it's sort of not enough anymore to really, like, like, you know, carry a film as this, like, that, like, well, you know, that our differences are just the peanut butter and jelly on top of the toast of, of all, of how we're all just one united people and all God's children, et cetera, um, And like, maybe we do need more than that because especially since like I, I am personally witnessing, I think a really, um, a truly horrifying return back to, um, ideas about racial essentialism and, uh, and other things like that. And like, just like how your racial category must indicate something fundamental about what you're like as a person that I really hoped we had left behind, but whatever, that's a different argument, I guess, different podcast, um, so maybe we do we like because people are so. I feel like there is a maybe like a cultural or zeitgeisty um, uh, uh, willingness to kind of like throw narratives about how like well how we different, but we're really the same. Sort of like in the trash. Um, we are going to need a more robust like you know like moral of the story than that, um, uh, or just maybe a more robust way of of saying that. But I do i I did sort of see what I did feel like. Ytt's um, pro- like, uh, point was probably to make that one, um, and uh, and I, I I don't like I, I I hate it whenever people watch movies and they're like, well, I just really wish this movie was a different movie, and I'm like, hey, okay, but it's not. Like, it's the mov- it's the movie that it is. Like, you know, like we can talk about how the movie that it is did not really succeed in achieving its ends, but like, um, but I don't think it's really useful to like wish that the film was a different film. Um, also similarly, people talked about, there's a character whose name is, let me just check his name. Um, his name is, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, So the, yeah, the, the general or captain Klenzendorf, captain Klenzendorf. And he's the, he's running the Hitler youth camp. Um, and, uh, because, because he, in a, in a, in a very parallel um, uh, way that like in a very parallel story to Jojo's story. He also was a captain in the Nazi army and then um, experienced uh, a disabling accident um, and now has a disability where he's blind in one eye um, and he can't see active combat anymore. So he now has other work and he's, he's there's, you can see all of like he's, he's hammed up. He's played by Sam Rockwell in this very like hammy way. Um, but it's clear that there's, um, there are symptoms of like extreme disappointment and, uh, and like even trauma that are like manifesting in him. He's like, he's like, he's, he's an alcoholic. He's drinking too much. He's like, um, not taking his job seriously anymore. Um, and, uh, and I like, uh, anyway, and he ends up having a sympathetic arc. There's sort of this redemption narrative, um, that sort of happens. It doesn't happen until right at the very end. Um, but I, I can, and I can, I can really... I really can see people's point when they're like, I don't really want to see any Nazi redemption narratives anymore. And I'm like, yeah, but it's also like it's not like Klensendorf gets to just like skip and jump off into the distance, like, you know, like off into the sunset and go like live a happy life in Argentina or whatever. Like lots of Nazis actually did. He was like um, he like the, the story is that like he's like he's disabled. He gets all these other crappier jobs. Um, first running the Nazi youth camp and then like when he like once when jojo has this horrible accident he's then demoted again and has to work in an office and uh, and then um uh, and then it becomes like he start you start getting indications throughout the film that he's he's gay actually he's just like been like he's just been in the closet the entire time that he's been um in the in the army and now sort of because he's become in, like and like this accident is like in a similar way to jojo's accident um he has to go through this kind of very selfish uh process of like becoming disillusioned with this ideology that he really did believe in at one point um and he becomes like kind of like less and less um uh, less and less extremely dedicated to nazi ideology until right at the very end where he um he uh just tells a few pretty minor like he flubs the details a few times, um, and ends up like part- like be- being instrumental in Elsa not getting discovered by the Gestapo. Um, and then he, at the very end, Jojo, you know, like that, that Germany loses the war. The Soviets and the Americans descend on um, on Berlin, and the um, the like Jojo unwittingly finds himself in line to be executed by firing squad, like all the other. Nazi people who are like also defending the city, so uh Klensendorf um sort of denounces him as a Jew and yells at him and like and just and like makes it look like um he's not a member of the of the Hitler youth and sends him off to so that he doesn't get executed and then Klensendorf gets executed, so I'm kind of like it's not like he didn't it's not like he was not held accountable or whatever you know like for his like you know he was he was executed <laughs> like like he was like i like um he was literally like he got the death penalty for, for the fact that he was a Nazi piece of shit for, and for, for many, many years. And, uh, but his only, his, you know, his, his redeeming feature, the, the, the way that he redeems a soul at the very end is by um, protecting two people and the, the two children and just like letting them get away. Um, uh, because he, he, you know, he has this uh, long period of just like falling out with the, the, with, with Nazi ideology. And I, I feel like that's, I, I don't, I personally don't have an issue with that as a redemption arc. Cause it's like, it's not like, it's not like everyone was just like, well, that's fine. You know, like, it's like he, he is, he is killed. Um, so, uh, so there's, there's, there's still very clearly a punishment for um, the, uh, for the, the the bad things that he did. And, uh, but you get to see, um, you also like, you, you get to see this other, I felt like he was kind of a there before the grace of God, like, Um, foil to Jojo, like, he really is sort of an adult version of Jojo, like, someone who was, like, um, who, uh, if his circumstances were different, would have had a completely different life, you know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, um, and, uh, that doesn't mean that he's not responsible for the terrible things that he did, um, but because he was an adult, like, like, very differently from Jojo, he was an adult when he made all of his bad decisions (laughs) and, like, not, um, and like and like Jojo's just a kid and there's still time for him you know um but uh but you get to see him um his circumstances change where suddenly he can't be a member of the army anymore and he doesn't have that distraction there um and he he has to reckon with his sexuality and he has to reckon with the fact that he like he th- this isn't something that he believes so in so strongly that he's willing to you know see children murdered for it you know um so uh at least not anymore. And I don't think that that's that bad. So, um, like, as I, as I like, I just don't think it's like, I don't think he's like a quote unquote good Nazi, you know, I don't think it's like one of those, like, well, there are some good, not, you know, like, it's like, he's a, he's just a complex character who did many, many bad things. And also like got to have this one moment right at the end where he was like, I'm going to stop doing bad things right now. Um, in, in the moments before, I'm executed by firing squad. And I, I like, I actually like that as a idea as like this idea that like, it's never too late to stop being a doo-doo head, you know, and like, and, uh and like start making good decisions. And it doesn't mean that like your past isn't going to catch up with you, but that's not what doing good things are about. You know, it's not like it, you don't do good things so that you'll, you're rewarded. You're not, you don't do good things so that um to like counteract or counterbalance the, bad things you have done you do good things because it's the right thing to do um so uh yeah so like as for criticisms that I have um I think that I think I see what people mean when they say that it's sort of it's 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 a bit of a defanged it's a kind of a it's, it's a bit of a defanged comedy it's kind of a feel-good black comedy um I I wonder if I would have felt differently if I hadn't had sort of the major sad thing that happens um, is that Rosie is uh, Rosie is discovered as a member of the resistance and she's executed in the town square. And that's kind of like um, that is kind of the beginning of, of Jojo sort of de-radicalization, you know, like he, he finds his um, he's out running errands and he finds his mother's body um, hanging with other um, other resistors in the town square. And there's been this like, There has been. I had. I. I unfortunately had that scene spoiled for me. Um, I'm the real victim here. Um, That's a joke. It's. It's hard to make sort of silly jokes when the subject matter is so intense. But um, where like the reason why I was like Jojo Rabbit is what I will watch is because a a friend of mine posted a meme on uh, Facebook that said it had the this Rilke poem that like ends the uh, film. And it's, uh, so it was superimposed over these two shots uh, that are ext- really, really, really are very sad, which is Jojo, who's, like, at, like, you know, she, like, Rosie's hanging, so he's at her, at the level of her feet, and, like, throughout the film, she's he's been struggling to tie his shoes, um, and it's sort of this, like, constant reminder that, like, he's a child, you know, he doesn't even know how to tie his shoes yet, um, and he notices that one of her shoes where she's hanging there is untied, so he just, like, he goes up and he, like, he, like, hugs her legs and then ties her shoes. Um, and, uh, and it has the Rilke, like, the the meme had, like, the Rilke poem superimposed over it, um, and, uh, uh, and I was, like, I was, like, whoa, like, that's very intense. Like, cause it, you know, it's just this beautiful little kid, like, sobbing and hugging the legs of someone who's clearly hanging by the neck, um, and, uh, and I was, like, okay, I, this is probably a film I'm gonna have to watch, uh, because i heard, like, I knew that it was about Nazi Germany from the haters on twitter that i heard complaining about it and then i like um and then this this person who posted this meme has opinions i really respect on like film and media so i um i was like it's time to watch it but as a result i could see that part coming which meant that all of the like all of the um sort of lead up stuff like all of the like well, there's a shot of her, like, like, oh, more shots of her feet, like more shots of her, like of her feet and shoes, more shots of people tying, tying shoes and like have or, like Jojo struggling to tie shoes. There's lots of like shots of people's feet um, and like, uh, like feet in, in shoes with either laces tied or untied, um, depending on the circumstances. And like I just could just see how telegraphed that was. Um, and I wonder if like, you know, like, I wonder if I would have been more affected by the scene or by by the that kind of pacing if i had not um, had that one particular scene spoil like if i didn't didn't see that scene coming from a mile away um because i think that like just in storytelling when it's the most when that kind of thing is the most effective is when you kind of just you you don't really see it coming. And then it, when it happens, you're, like, you put it all together, you know? Like, you put all of the... You're, like, oh, my God, he's saw in the shoes. And then there were all those shots of shoes. And this is why, oh, my God. Um, but that didn't happen for me. I just... Uh, I was just, like, okay, there it is. You know, like... And every time they... For, like, the hour before that part happened, I was just kind of, like, oh, before, they're telegraphing the thing again. And I feel like, in general... um. Like I really did like the first like ten fifteen minutes of the movie. I saw one reviewer c- called it a um, a Moonrise Kingdom ripoff. You know, it was like very like it was very like Wes Anderson esque without um, being quite as stylistically on point as Wes Anderson. Um, the like I kind of can I can see the point that they're making. I but I but I really did think it was like cute and funny, and I think Taika Waititi's like like voice as a uh, as a screenwriter was very effective and fun there. Um because it's like um in that like it's a it's such a argument from absurdity it's like it's like um the hitler youth were was, was a horrifying terrible thing that happened in history you know like they were like they were child soldiers like they were like literally like they were literally um it was like kind of this like youth program but then once the war got really bad they started sending them all, like sending the kids out on um on like suicide missions you know it was like it like i I can't imagine something more effed up than that, than like, you know, like a bunch of indoctrinated 10 year olds charging into a suicide mission. Like, that's just the worst. That's the worst thing I can imagine. It's like, it's so horrible. Um, I'm like that laugh you just heard is a laugh of existential terror. Like, it's like, it's just so horrific. And then the, um, the opening scenes are like, uh, are like, it's, it's a, it's just, it's a whole just comedy routine about what that whole, um what that whole process like uh seems like in retrospect it's not supposed to be like a a like ac- accurate historical de- depiction of what a hitler youth camp was actually like um but like but it has all the the right bits you know like it's just like you know like girls talking about how they're going to become baby makers to create you know like these like these physiologically perfect specimens of you know of, the, of this like of this one particular physical identity and like um all the boys like learning how to murder you know like how to kill um and like uh you know these weird seminars about just how horrible and terrible these like scapegoated other races are and it's just like so bad um it's so bad that it creates a sort of cognitive dissonance thing that like because i have a really dark sense of humor i think is like extremely funny and also because I'm like I'm like um I still would like to think that we live in the world of um Nazi of of like Nazis are obviously bad you know like very obviously so like um the fact that there's all these like funny fun time comedy bits about Nazis is like I'm like this is very obviously taking the piss out of Nazis to me like there's there's nothing about it that makes me think like um that the filmmakers have to stop and like turn to the camera and be like we think nazis are bad you know like and i actually i personally hate it when like films really telegraph um their moral position um that explicitly you know like i'm just thinking about like that horrible t- like that horrible tv show hollywood that was on netflix it's just so bad and it's like so clearly trying to be like ideologically perfect um and not depict like anything particularly upsetting at all and it's 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 so depressing if you want to like go look at something like like at like what art will have to look like if we're if we're constantly having to like stop and look at the at look at, look at the camera and be like this is exactly what our what what we the filmmakers and like artists involved like what are like political perspective is and it's the right one thumbs up you know like like it it'll it's it's really it's a bleak future like let like let's not go there it'll be really bad um so uh so so I thought the first ten minutes were actually really funny because I like like because like I it was hitting a lot of these like filmmaking markers of like um it was almost doing like Quentin Tarantino as done by wes Anderson but neither quite as good because like both of those people are masters of a particular thing and like um uh, and, uh, and then I feel like I got really bored for probably like half an hour in the movie. And then I really liked the last little bit. Um, uh, and the, like the, 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 the scene that really, I found really effective was the very last one where they're like, um, Elsa and, and Jojo have this like, um, very dorky dance scene in the street. And i just burst into tears because I'm in in my heart of heart, a huge softy who just wants us all to hold hands and dance in the street, and be friends and eat a- cake made of rainbows and smiles and eat a piece and be happy. And uh, that's what I want. That's actually, that's what I want. Um, so I cried and thought it was really cute. Um, dorky kids dancing is the cutest thing ever. Um, uh, but like, but like I, th- I I felt like a lot of the other storytelling devices I could see from a mile away. Like I could, and I could, I could sort of, um, I could sort of see them making a few very ham fisted, morality points um which like I apparently still just did not come through In a lot of like reviews that I read were like people were still I think making really bad faith readings of this movie um about it being like too sympathetic to 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 Nazis or something and I'm like it's so obviously not um but it's fine not everyone can be as smart as me I guess it's not a big deal but um that's a joke please don't hate me but uh But like, I, um, like, I just feel like there was like a few parts where like, um, you know, there's like the, 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 there, there's a bunch of jokes that I think just didn't really, didn't really land. There were some like, um, there were some like deliveries I think just didn't really land. And I felt like, um, like, like, like there was like the, the lead, the head of the Gestapo looked really scary. Like he was like, at one point that the Gestapo shows up and they're like checking the house and like the, the main guy is this really tall guy who's dressed all in black and has, like, like really red bloodshot eyes and, like... But is like, really polite. And, like, I was like, you look really scary, but he delivered a few lines that were jokes, and I just didn't think that they landed. Um, I also felt like um, most of the characters sort of spoke in the same voice. Um, and I don't mean that in terms of the, like, deli- the the actors actually physically spoke in the same voice. I mean it as, like, they... Spoke like they were the same person speaking. All like, like I could tell the same person was writing all of the lines, um, in a way that I don't think I, I like, seemed almost amateurish to me. You know, like I'm like, you've gotta, you gotta work harder to make each of the characters deliver different perspectives. Like they didn't seem like different characters. They really kind of felt like almost that like Jojo Hitler split where like they were almost just all seemed like different. Like it was like the writer had nine um voices in their head and they were all talking to each other. And I'm like, I want it to see more like nine different people. Um and uh like there were just a few lines that Elsa delivered that I'm like, that just sounds like a Jojo line. And then sometimes JoJo would be speaking and I'm like, a ten year old wouldn't talk like that. Like why would why are you talking like an adult? Like um and I could I could understand JoJo talking like an adult more when he was, like, repeating what were very clearly, um, like, racist party lines. But I didn't, like... Because that's just him repeating slogans and jargon. You know, like, he's not, like... He's not making an argument. He's not, like, having a conversation at that point. He's repeating things that he's heard other people say. Um, but I... But when he did speak from his own voice, the voice that I heard was the voice of the screenwriter. Um and not Jojo's voice. Uh, so that's like, that was another issue that I had. And I think that like this kind of comes back to what I like more and more of the um, of like the critiques that I do see where I do see the point of the critique um, is that like uh, when you're dealing with something as massive as the, as, as the Holocaust, you know, as the second world war, which is like, um, I still, I think in my, when I started looking for it, Um, I started seeing the after effects of the trauma of the second world war everywhere, like even still now, um, in a way that's like, that was like hard for me to, um, notice before I really, 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 really understood, um, exactly how, um, how much it changed the world. Um, because like, I wasn't, I was, I was, I wasn't born until the nineties. Like I was born in the I was born in 1992 Um, my parents were not alive during World War II. My grandparents were teenagers or preteens, and like, um, and none none of them saw active combat. So like I um I like I just don't have a first person understanding of like what that trauma looks like. Um, at least not in a really, really, really explicit way. Um uh, the the closest that I've gotten is being able to like physically be in germany um which is like um uh, which is a huge privilege that I've had as a result of my my dad's job my dad is a guitar player um and a musician so like i've and a composer so I, I i got to travel with him a little bit when I was a kid like quite young and be in um be in germany in these like where where like uh Germany has has like politically decided to keep some um buildings from the Second World War intact um as they were at the end of the war so like bombed out ruins um and uh and I went to checkpoint Charlie which was uh, a a go between spot between East and West Germany from uh when when it was divided between the Soviets and the Americans in the time after the Second World War um and uh, and I went to a few World War 2 museums that were like specifically in Germany um and uh and I and they really deeply affected me like as a kid um because like like I even think about how like I I I think it's I think it's like the like German parliament is still designed to have it has a glass ceiling and the German people can like I'm getting emotional thinking about it the German people are allowed to like walk up and look down at their government because they're like, you need to keep an eye on us. Like, you know, like we, we need your week. We need you to be here and like, and like, you know, keeping watch over us to like make sure that we don't make these kinds of mistakes again. And I just, I remember being so affected um, in Germany by um, this willingness to hold um, to just, to just like hold the worst thing that they've ever done um, that, they're, that the country's ever been responsible for. Um, and wear it on their sleeve like that, you know, um, it just, like, like, the, like, the, willy, the commitment to accountability, um, uh, and, like, and, and like, and, a, which is a, honestly, like, accountability is a word that I have a complex relationship with. There was The commitment to that kind of responsibility and that kind of, like, um, public-facing responsibility, um, and, um, uh, and how much it stands in such stark difference to the way that, um, the uh, that like the 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 genocidal project of North America is kept so hush hush, and is so swept under the rug and is so subdued and is like and we like we just keep on and we you know we just keep on finding, you know more more mass children's graves from the residential school system and, um, and uh, and and we keep on not being able to figure out. Um, and like kind of having to like dig and dig and dig to uncover more and more information about just how, um, just what was done to, um, indigenous people here in North America. And, um, uh, and those two things just, I feel like stand in such stark contrast to each other. Um, like I still haven't been able to bring myself to go to, um, Auschwitz or the any other camps. Cause I just, I just, I just don't know if I would. Like, I know that I'm going to leave there a different person, you know, like, I'm going to, like, I'm going to leave there irrevocably changed, and I don't know if I can handle it, you know? Um, so, um, I, like, uh, and I also, like, but I keep on, like, I keep on having these whispers of, like, like, experiencing these, like, really terrifying little whispers of genocide, um, here on Turtle Island, because, like, um because there's there you know, we're, 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 we're also standing at the site of a, of a huge genocide here. And like, um, I would, I would, I know don't want to like compare and contrast, um, uh, you know, the specifics of, of, of atrocity. Cause it's just, I still still, that's not like the, that's not the point, but like, um, and I, I just feel like it's a, it's, <laughs> it's such a terrible contest. Uh, who wants to win that one? Um, but, uh, but I, but I think that like I think that what's so effective still about narratives about World War II is um the ways in which it is so it's it's very it's you know, it's, it's extremely specific but there's also these like more broad um universalizable um pieces of information about like um ways that it is wrong to treat each other and um how we have to learn how to live together um and uh and how like when when uh when there when sometimes when stuff's going wrong you just have to intervene and um and uh and then when you do intervene you're going to have to live with why you didn't intervene earlier and um and how there just isn't there just is no difference great enough to justify um mistreatment on such a massive scale um or really just at all and like um and like Uh, so I, I, I really think that like narratives like this make me think about, um, think about solidarity across cultures and about, across countries. And like, I think about, um, uh, but it also makes me think that like, so there, like I studied philosophy and there was this, like, there was this one philosopher who, um, wrote about how, like, how difficult it is. Like basically the, the the phrase is very famously is it to write poetry after Auschwitz's um, is uh, barbaric. Um, it's just barbarism to make, to write poetry after Auschwitz. And like, they're making a point about how like, um, there are certain kinds of more sort of abstract representation that don't make sense in the wake of such a gigantic tragedy. Um, but uh, I, um, and then there's, there's been responses where like later Zizek was like, I don't know if that's true. Cause like, cause like um, sometimes more abstract representation is less objectifying than like, than like just trying to like, to like, uh, like very coldly and concisely re- like report the details of exactly everything that happened as it happened. Um, and like, um, but I, I feel like, I feel like there's an interesting double meaning in the phrase after, cause like after can mean like, so the, the person who wrote these, this, this, this phrase wrote it in German originally, but like, um, uh, but like, they like and was a German national who fled. I believe it was Adorno. One second, let me look it up. Uh, poetry after Auschwitz. Yeah, Theodore Adorno, who um, wrote it. Like, I mean, like, they like Adorno is one of the people who I think, um, yeah, who who like fled the fled Germany to the United States after the Nazis took over. Um, so maybe he was writing it in English, but like, but like, so I think the the double meaning of after is something that I think about a lot because after can mean um, like temporally after, but can also mean about, you know, like you, like you, you write after something to write about, about something. Um, and I feel Adorno was a continental philosopher. So I feel like that kind of ambiguity and double meaning is probably something he thought about. Um, so like, which makes me think about um, when I go to write as a, as an artist and as a writer, when I go to make art about Shoah, like about like tragedy, about like something that is like, like just, just the most extraordinarily tragic and heartbreaking experiences. um, I guess I do find myself wondering and thinking about like, um, what, what new thing I'm contributing to the discourse, you know, like, and like, and like, and really having to reckon with like there's like a, a there's there's times when like worrying too much about hitting every mark perfectly is toxic perfectionism and there's times when it's just i think required for the enormity of the subject matter that you're reckoning with um and i think i'm not sure if i know if i if i think that jojo rabbit is necessarily making is necessarily funny enough or making a new enough statement to, um, be able to reckon with the subject matter. I think it's onto something, but it feels almost like a draft of something that could have been really, truly, really, really, really great, but it doesn't feel like it's there yet. Um, so, um, as much as I really do feel like it was a very enjoyable cinematic experience, um, I think there are some, like, there are, there are still some representation issues that I think I'm having, um, which is not to say that I think that it should not have been made, because that's not something that I think about. I don't like to think that about art in general. Um, I like to think about how, like, uh, like, how maybe this piece of art not succeeding in every single way um, because the joke sort of landed flat and because I feel like the I don't feel like the screenplay was completely done yet. And maybe, maybe there should have been a different director or whatever, you know, like um, the, like that, like that, that will like lay, hopefully lay the groundwork for like other artists to learn from that in the future. Um, But, uh, but it definitely made me think a lot. And I do think that like, sometimes I enjoy films and books and music where I, (laughs) I don't think it's perfect. There are, um, I, but I, and I, I get to talk about and think about and mull over the things about it that are, aren't perfect. Sometimes I think I, I that's actually a more enjoyable experience for me than um, than something that I just, I'm just like well yeah it's perfect what can I what else can I say like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write a review about something that I think is just the best ever because um, I don't have anything to say I'm like it was great nailed it I think that in retrospect um, I would like to give this movie a rating of, uh, three out of five poems written after World War II. Um, and, uh, just get the room room for improvement and a bit of a, maybe a bit of a harsher critique than I, or like harsher rating than I normally give things that I review. I think usually I'm either giving something like four out of five stars or five out of five stars. You know, if I like it, I'm like five out of five and I'm trying to, um, force myself to, um, be a bit more discerning in my doling out of five out of five. Um, So yeah, three out of five is what I would give this one. Um, I would watch it again, and I would recommend that people watch it. But I do understand what certain reviewers were talking about when they said that um, they weren't sure that the comedy was strong enough or that the message was strong enough to hold up the intensity of um, of the subject matter. I feel like mostly my criticism is coming from I, I did think that there were like screenplay issues I thought there was sort of um, there was like characterization problems um, and maybe like delivery issues this might have been like uh, solved by there being a different director uh, I think maybe if there were people if the, if the actors had been directed to deliver the lines a bit differently it wouldn't have mattered as much that I felt like all of the um characters were especially in certain scenes speaking in all the same voice um that was mostly my main issue with the actual storytelling um and then i i do think that we need a. i i'm not willing to give up on the uh you know on like story stories about unity and and stories about us all working together and realizing how similar we all are after all and even stories about like redemption from um people who believed uh who used to believe very destructive Negative, bad things, and uh, came around to believing more holistic and happy and good and handholdy things about the world. I, I think those are nice. I think those are perfectly nice things to, to have be the thrust of a story. I do think that we're going to need to come up with more robust ways of telling those stories, um, given the current political climate, especially um, on Occupied Turtle Island. So. Um, that's why I think I'm giving it the three out of five stars, uh, or three out of five, um, post-World War II poems. So yes, that concludes my special edition of, uh, this episode. I would like to thank you all very much for joining me. Uh, my name once again is Tara McGowan-Ross. And you can find me on all relevant and slash or irrelevant social media at girth Girl. Uh, you can buy my books. My poetry collections are Girth and Scorpion Season. And I have a collection of nonfiction coming out in uh, fall of 2021 called Nothing Will Be Different. You can find those on the internet. And yeah. Well, Alin, for joining us for this episode of Métis in space 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 open suswa kitty gissy god o to the moon xwayua space theater presents presents presents